Welcome to Market Chat, how to leverage the customer journey as a tool for government marketing. Sponsored by Government Marketing University. Here's today's moderator, Luann Brossman. Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, where we bring you hot topics, best practices, and exciting guests and innovative ideas around government marketing. This is Luann Brossman. I am your host, and I'm the founder and president of Government Marketing University. And I have with me today my sidekick for Market Chat, Steve Watkins, who is our chief content officer. Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great, Luann. Good to be here. Well, we've got a really exciting topic today, and it's a topic that I am hearing a lot about from our government marketing students. So we're bringing this topic to the forefront today, um, and I'm really excited about what we're going to do. So those of you that might be new to Market Chat, Market Chat is an ongoing series that provides an open and collaborative interaction between government and industry that ensures all of our listeners walk away empowered with greater knowledge and how to be better marketers to the targeted federal, state, and local, and educational markets. Our topic today around customer journey touches all of those. So that's what's really exciting. So many times on market chat programs or other trainings that we have, it's kind of segue. We say we're doing DOD or we're doing civilian, but the cool thing about the customer journey is it covers everything. And I'm not going to say too much more now because we have a lot of exciting news coming with that. Um, as we're talking about the customer journey, I really want to stress what our listeners need to be paying attention to. So as you're striving for a customer-centric marketing and sales culture, you must understand the customer journey every step of the way. And that's what we're going to be covering today. I'm really excited about our guest speakers. We have two people that are deeply rooted in the customer experience, customer journey world. First person I'd like to introduce is Martha Doris. And Martha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Luann. Happy welcome. to be here. Um, Martha Doris. I'm a 34-year GSA retiree. Um, so after I left GSA um, four years ago, I started a company, Doris Consulting International, to do continue the work that I did at GSA around customer experience. So while at GSA, I worked with uh, citizen services and helping other agencies improve the way they deliver service to the services to the public. Great. And I must say, Martha, when I talk about you, when I'm talking, you know, to other people in the market, you know, Martha Doris is single-handedly through your career. And thank you, by the way, for your 34 years of service in the U.S. federal government. But you've single-handedly through social media and through your contacts and relationships and understanding customer and citizens' experience have really done a tremendous job in making a big mark in our market. So I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for coming on our show today. Well, thank you. I, if, if I'm nothing, I'm persistent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to be. All right. Tracy Moon is our next speaker today. So Tracy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, Luann. I'm excited to be here today. So I have 25 years of experience in the technology market, and I've worked for small software companies, large services companies, all with buyer segments in both commercial and government. And one of the things that I've always focused on is planning out your marketing and sales integration based on the customer journey. So it's cool to be here today and to talk about that. So again, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being here, as we said before. All right. So we're just going to jump right in today because this topic is so exciting and has so many pieces and phases to it as we walk through the journey um, normally in these these podcasts, I talk about a little bit about where we're going from a marketing perspective. But you'll find us today, we're going to be offering so much of that information as we go through the next few minutes. So with that, I'm going to jump right into Martha because a question I am asked often, Martha, is what is customer experience? We're talking customer journey. How do they differ? What is citizen services? So that's all kind of a lot of words that are being discussed in the market today. So as we talk about bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, First, tell us what is customer experience and how does that roll in and what how does that map to customer service? So I think that there's um, some, there's a lot of definitions for customer experience. And the definition that I've always used is about the perception uh, for, with your customers when they're through their interactions um, with any person, event, website, uh, uh, within your company or organization or government agency. Mm -hmm. um, that is a more of a commercial definition, and I'm actually going to read. There is a government definition oh, great. for federal government customer experience, which is the combination of factors that result from touch points between an individual business or organization and the federal government or over the duration of an interaction and relationship. And then they go on. This is in Section 280 of A11 that just came out. But customer experience is really 
how well are you delivering on the expectations of your customers? And if you're you're in a business, your customers could be company, other companies or, or federal agencies. If you're in the government, your customers could be citizens, could be businesses, could be other agencies. So it's sort of a framework that can be applied in in a company to your external customers, mm-hmm. and it can be applied to your internal customers as well. So there's a couple of salient characteristics around customer experience that are different than customer service. And customer service is really just about a single touch point. When you mm. go into a restaurant and you order breakfast and they bring you they bring you eggs, that's a single touch point. When you go into a restaurant and the atmosphere is nice, the smells are good, there's flowers on the table, they offer you more coffee, they bring you an extra side order of bacon, that's a full experience. So it's it's a that's difference a really between, good analogy. I like that. I stole it from the commissioner of IRS just to be <laughs> honest about it, um, because it seems like you need really really simple, clear examples right. for people to really understand the difference between customer service and customer experience. Um, and and so what I decided was there was too much uh, negotiating about a definition. So what are the really the salient characteristics of customer experience? And it's, it's around, it's actually a business discipline. This is not mm. about having, uh, you know, pizza parties on Friday. It's not about the bonus that you give out. It's not about making employees happy. It's about all of those and more. And so it's really a business discipline because it's about driving revenue. And we've, you know, got lots of data we can share with, with everybody about how um, companies that are, you know, the, the leaders in CX actually are some of the highest performers in the in the S and P five hundred. It's also about a full journey, not the touch point. So from the time your customer has a problem they want to solve and they start looking for your services, whether you're looking on a website or in a you know a, a an old fashioned phone book or they go online and do a search, all of that is part of the, the touch experience points. that they're having and part of that total journey that they're going to have. If they can't find you when they Google you, you're dead in the water right there. So it starts from the time that they have a need or a problem they want to solve. Past that, do you give them a chance to follow up? You know, do they take into account what your experience was, what your recommendations are? So that's the full journey. And I want to stop there for just a second because I want our marketers that are listening and even sales and business development, everybody who is listening to us, that's really important what you just said is, is you touched on that when they first have a problem and they decide to go and Google it, marketers need to be cognizant of that because that is part of the customer journey, right? From the very early stages where sales may not even be and probably are not even involved yet, the marketer is leading the charge there. And we're going to about throughout today's um, presentations, we're going to be really talking about what those touch points are and how it maps to a a government marketer and their steps, but I want marketers to really think about that with what you just said, is they, at times, are the first touch point in the customer journey. Well, and can they find you online? And what does the experience when they go on your website, can they understand what you're trying to tell them? So it's correct that what we're doing today is applying this framework to uh, companies and the government marketers so that they can see the importance of, actually, customer experience is the new marketing. I love I mean, that title. It's it's about um, the loyalty, you know, that it's cheaper to keep a customer than it is to acquire a new customer and the customer acquisition cost and retain customers. So it's all part of this new way of, of um, marketing. And just a little flag there is marketers listening is to remember that we all fight a lot of times if we have a corporate office of getting some public sector presence on our corporate website. And what you just said in the government space, it is critical if they're coming to your website, and we know from other statistics that have happened that one of the first places that they go look is to a website. You've got to have public sector presence on your website. So do you mean by that they need to explain what they do in a way that is in government They can't be so talking that about can, we can help your revenues, right? It's more, yes, we, we will help you reach your missions. Right. It needs to – they need to be looking at their customer base and talking to them the way they understand it. Amen. Correct. Um, I think one of the last – Last points, it's about how they feel about this full journey. And so that brings into it emotions. So when you think about, you know, the Ritz-Carlton and Starbucks and Southwest Airlines, and you think about 
the um, the feeling that you had when you're going into the Ritz Carlton, then you go to your room and your Diet Coke is there. Whenever most of the time, you know, you're the one that they know who you are and they know what your preferences are, which is a piece of of customer experience. Um, so it's it's really a very broad area that covers like governance, performance measures, um, strategy, customer understanding, culture, and design, and that kind mm. of touches on almost everything that you do. In a company, whether Absolutely. you um, like it or not. And I think that's a good thing to remind that after every market chat, um, we create a top 10 or top 12 or top 16 takeaways. So everyone listening today, know that we will post that up on our www.gmarku site, um, what you just said, because it needs they need to understand that process and map to it. And I know Tracy is going to be talking a lot in her segment around the mapping to it. So really good insight. So, Martha, you've been in customer experience. I would say that you almost made the term synonymous, you know, and made everybody really start paying attention to it in government. What year would you say or how many years ago did you start talking this when you were in government? Probably um, 2009 timeframe. That's great. So you really I mean, we did were... customer service before we started talking about customer experience. And, in fact, it's actually a new discipline even in the private sector and they don't have degrees in it. You know, colleges don't offer programs in it. So it is a new concept, um, but it just it, it only makes to me common sense about Absolutely. and it's proven. You know, so yeah. And I think there's a lot of stats to prove that it's proven that we're going to go over. Um, and because you have been doing this since 2009, but it was probably in your head, you just hadn't quite got there, right? About what to call it, because I've known you for many like 20 some years, and and you've always been very focused on making sure the customers are are happy in government, and you've, you've made a lot of headways there. But how does that customer experience apply to companies that are in the government business? So the industry that's selling and marketing to government, how would you, what do you have to say to them? Well, I think if you if you take those areas that I mentioned, um, governance, you know, how do you make decisions within your company that puts the customer first? A lot of times, and there's lots of stories around uh, Toyota or Lexus, when they first came out and there was a defect in a car and it was going to cost them a lot of money to, to recall those cars. And what they ended up doing was going to every person's home and fixing it. Financially, that wasn't the best decision, but it was the best decision for the customer of that car. And so things like that are, you know, how you make decisions in your company for the customers and for your employees, because the culture piece is is critical because, you know, happy cows give a lot of milk. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got like, it, it is going to be customers or your employees that are delivering on that, um, that experience to, to your customers. Then you think about customer understanding. Do you know who your customers are? Do you, just like you said about the, um, the public sector versus the private sector in the government space, are you talking to farmers? Or are you talking to, to uh, seniors? And when you're working with government government agencies as your customer you need to understand, you need to understand their, their customer. customers that's really and good so point. you really go from from you know understanding that agency and their customer base and what those customers want and and interacting with a student with federal student aid and interacting with a senior for on social security or a veteran or a caregiver they all have different needs and those are personas that agency agencies and different companies also create and they map that customer journey um, with those personas. So if you take take each piece of that measurement, do you know what your customers think of the service or the experience they're having with you? You know, recompetes tell the story a lot of times, right? Like oh, if, yes. if, if you're not winning those recompetes, something's wrong and you need to figure out what it is that's wrong. Um, same thing with having a strategy. Is it part of your, your mission statement and your, the vision of your company to actually deliver service to your customers? So all of those pieces still play together in a in the private sector space as well. And, you know, I, I'm excited for Government Marketing University zeroing in on customer journey because this past 36 months, we've really been talking about agency-based marketing. And this is the next revelation, revelation I think, for agency-based marketing is you just nailed it when you talked about you, if you're selling to the government, you need to know who their customer is and you need to know the persona. And that fits right into agency-based marketing. If you're selling into Department of Agriculture, then you need to know what their customers are doing as a marketer, not just a salesperson. So I send that out to our listeners today. It's critical. Absolutely. And, you know, the government is is very much into the agile development and design. And 
So design is a big part of how you should be designing for your customers and then helping the government to design for theirs. You know, Martha, that's great. We need to take a quick pause, though. We need to take a break. Um, and we'll be back. I have a couple of more questions for you. And then we're going to get over to Tracy to really start talking about the mapping, how marketers can map what they're doing. Uh, so this is Market Chat brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Let GMarkU connect you with like-minded government marketers who share a common interest and passion for exchange of ideas and collaboration on marketing best practices by joining a communities of interest group. Are you a marketer of one? Join their sole survivor COI. Interested in health IT marketing? Join their health IT COI. They also have men in marketing and young government communicators groups. Learn more by going to gmarku.com connect. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Luann Brosman, and I'm your host today, along with Steve Watkins, who is our Chief Content Officer with Government Marketing University. And Steve, that first part, and Martha, I have so many more questions, and, and we were just talking during the break that this is a topic that is here to stay and a topic that government marketers really do need to embrace. And I promise those that are listening today that as a marketer, if you start embracing the customer journey, you will have fun. You will not be bored. There's going to be so many areas that you can really make an impact for your company and also your career because it's going to help you grow by really making sure you're driving your company and your sales team towards this customer journey. But now I'm going to pass it over to Tracy Moon. So, Tracy, we are thrilled to have you as part of the Government Marketing University and as a new professor for us. So thank you for again for coming today. And I know that you have spent, and you're passionate on the marketing side because you're a chief marketing officer, so you're talking our language. Uh, you come from an industry background, so yay, that really helps as we're talking about the customer journey. Uh, and you've been doing some training classes around it, so that's great. And I'm excited to share more of that with our, with our Government Marketing University audience. But today, because we don't have all the time in the world, even though we do, wish we did, um, I really want to zero in on where you see the customer journey going and how do you approach it as it overall relates to the customer experience? Yeah, um, good question. <laughs> and uh, it's a whopper of a question. We were just talking about how much is involved with customer experience and then where I come in and what I want to talk about, I use the customer journey as a tool to implement the experience strategy that, you know, Martha may work on with a client of hers. So when you look at the customer journey, it, it has phases. Uh, I'm going to use the term buyers. It could be mm -hmm. someone visiting a website. It could be citizens. I'm going to use buyers just for everybody for purposes of keeping this um, brief. But a buyer goes through phases when they're making a decision to either buy or use the service or what have you. And those phases are, number one, I think Martha even mentioned when they come to your website or they Google, they're looking for information. And we do know, in at least in the technology world that I live in, that people that are going to buy something often make 75% of their decision before they ever even visit your website. Okay, so and let's the stop there. Yeah. 75% of their gonna decision. And you're going to tell us why. 75%. Yeah. Wow. Before Isn't that, they get to your website. Before they come to your website. But if you think about it, that's because people are doing their own research now because they it's are. all available to them. And there's a lot of information out there. So you start, the way I map out the customer journey is in that, uh, the attraction phase, the awareness phase in the beginning. And people are researching something. Let's say I work for a cybersecurity company. They're researching different tools to use for security. Well, the content and the information that I want to be thinking about when my buyer is in that part of their journey is I want to put educational information out there. It's not pushing our product. It's about what are the top tools? What are the things? What are the trends in cybersecurity? What are people looking at now? What are the top risks? Why are they looking at it? So on and so forth. And the way the journey works is it forces you through that process that the buyer is thinking through. So they have this awareness phase, and that's when you want to put that information out there. And it may not be on your website. You may have a contributed article. You may syndicate somewhere else. There are lots of ways to get your information out there and slowly drive them into your domain, into your website. And then as you move along, you're thinking about how do I keep them engaged? I provided some educational information. Now they're starting to think about, you know, what are my peers doing what, that are doing it right? What do they know that I don't know? 
And this is when you think about the type of content and if they're contacting your company, what's that experience you're going to have, but how does that align with your brand and the information that you need to provide. And then you have them in what we call the funnel, Mm -hmm. right? Once they're in there and that part of the journey, you're nurturing them through this buying decision that they're going to make. And once they make that decision, you're going to focus on we call it, a lot of people call it different words. It might be acquisition. It may be the person taking action. It could be when you convert them to a customer or a user of your service. Then you want to focus on the part of the journey. Now you're in retention and you want to move people to advocacy. Retention to me and in, in the world that I live in is all about, I just made a big decision. I spent some money on something. Help me validate that the decision I made was right and that you're the right company for me. And then you go want to move those customers into an advocacy phase. And so I've talked about it right now. Those are the phases. There's obviously a map and lots of ways that we can share it with people through Government Marketing University. But what I just described is kind of a linear process. No customer journey, as Martha will tell you when you're building experience. Um, it's not always linear. But by using the journey map, it forces you through this thought process and to put yourself in the buyer's shoes so that you know what information to provide to them from your company and at what time. I think the second part that I also use the journey map for is it's a great way to open the dialogue across the organization. So while marketing, I believe, holds the brand and we're the advocates for the brand and it's our responsibility to make sure that our customers, whether it's a written piece or an interaction with an employee, is having that experience that, you know, that Martha may have mapped out with a client. You need to sit down with the rest of the organization and figure out with this journey, who is the primary owner of that experience at any given time? And marketing is there. Marketing has that beginning phase. And I think you mentioned it when they come to the website and marketing is responsible for awareness, but it quickly becomes you know, sales function and customer service function and however however the organization is mapped out. The customer journey is great because it facilitates that discussion and really brings the awareness to the rest of the organization, what you're trying to do with the customer at that point in time. No, I, I yay. You know, I hope I described that okay. Absolutely. You can't see it visually. And I know but, our listeners um, can't see the excitement yes. on my face, but I am <laughs> right. so excited and yeah. I see such great potential mm-hmm. as we go into 2020, fiscal year 2020, of really helping our marketers because I've been talking for years about process-driven marketing mm-hmm. and have been somewhat doing it, but not in a way that we are now able to do it by having this map yes. with the customer journey. And to expand a little bit about one of the things you talked about um, as you pull in sales, I want the marketers to be the champion, you know, within their organizations and government marketing and take what we're teaching you. And we're going to be expanding on this at our GAIN conference. And there'll be a lot of content on our website as we're going into 2020. But be the champion and bring this customer journey marketing and sales strategy, I guess we could Mm -hmm. call it. But there's a lot of tactics that go with each of the mapping sections. But bring it into your organization and have a meeting and find out where your sales reps, and it goes back to the agency-based marketing, right? But expand on that by putting in the customer journey. You talked awareness, engage, nurture, retention, and advocacy. Mm -hmm. And I bet you um, majority of our listeners today are very driven by leads because a lot of marketers are paid by how many leads they bring in the door. Mm -hmm. That's great. You need the leads. You need to nurture them, and that's part of this. Right. But you don't you cannot stop your marketing from the day you bring in a lead and put it into your CRM tool or put it into your Excel spreadsheets. You have got to be thinking past that lead. That's and right. you now need to be asking your organization, be it your sales rep, depending on the size of your company, corporate, give me that list of our customers. And that list might be wonderful, but that list might also be full of a lot of contracting officers. Mm-hmm. So you also need to find the users, but do not forget about the contracting officers either. Because when it comes time for recompetes, and you're the incumbent, you want to get that visibility. So marketers, I'm just stressing to you, do not stop at the lead. Yeah, I think that's a good point because, and and actually important to mention that when you do the customer journey, and I think Martha mentioned personas, you want to do one for each persona because each person's drivers are different. You just mentioned a buyer and an influencer. And so the journey does help you work through that. And I think it brings in that discipline to market rate. You're, you aren't just responsible for the leads. Marketing is more and more, I mean, the metrics that I've been reporting on for at least 10 years now are how did marketing impact growth? 
And so the leads come in the door, but did those leads convert? And are they advocating for you that then you have the cross-sell, upsell opportunity, right? Yeah. If, and if that's what yeah, your And I think that's a whole other lesson that you don't know mm-hmm. about yet that I've thought about you teaching. Right. <laughs> um, because I believe you've cracked the code on ROI. And I think mm-hmm. that'll be the name of the class, right? Cracking yeah. the code on ROI marketing. Right. But the journey will help with that, you yes. know, because you somewhat have that insight. Um, tell us a little bit more about an example of how you've done this. Yeah, um, good question. So I joined when I really started to use the customer journey as a discipline that I do no matter what. About eight years ago, I joined a software company and they were all over the map with their marketing. And it was the marketing team that was there did, as you said, they're just bringing in leads. Um, But I also noticed that across the organization, there were different documents being used, tone of voice changed from Um, material that we had on the website versus what the customer service team was using. And so at the time, I just went and started organizing, but I started doing a lot of research and reading. Um, Marketing automation was becoming big then. I happened to use HubSpot at the time. And there was this view of the journey and how you tie all the pieces together to make sure that the experience that a customer has at the first interaction with you is reinforced throughout the rest of their experience with the company. And so then um, I made a journey that made sense to me for the organization that I was in. And it was, it was a software company that sold to franchise organizations actually. And, um, and then I used it to facilitate that discussion. Just as I said, I got people into the room that led different functions, put it up on a whiteboard and we just started brainstorming what is a buyer doing when they're looking for something like this? Then what are they doing? What are they thinking about? We had sales is a big part of this because the feedback that you get from the field and the interactions that they have with buyers along the way, they know a lot more about what a buyer is thinking than you realize. You just have to ask them the right you questions. You need to pull it out of them. You have to pull it out of them. And we whiteboarded it out. And it was nice this organization was small enough that this could be rolled out quickly. Everyone got on board. Things slowly changed. I mean, obviously, the implementation took, you know, about six months to really streamline the Which content across quick, the actually, board. Which is pretty quick, actually, I think. I, I know, think and longer, I think that's because yeah. it was smaller. The next organization I was with, it took a lot longer because you had to do change management, and there's a lot involved when you're trying to roll it out. But um, it is an effective tool. It just opens the conversation I think it builds a level of transparency across the organization, and it also helps you start to measure how successful you are at moving people through the journey. Are you moving them more quickly? Are you converting them more quickly? Are they coming back to you more quickly? These are all, obviously, there's lots of analytics and data, and again, that could be another conversation um, on a different day. Okay, I'm adding it to our list. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think Martha talked about data telling a story, and it really does. And the journey is driven by the data that you get, too. I won't go into that right now because we'll talk for another, you know, Till half tomorrow, a day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, that's great. And one thing you touched on there, which I just want to reiterate to our listeners, is the point of voice. And I was I had an event recently where I asked the audience, it was all government marketers, how many of you participate or look at proposals before they go out your door? Not one hand was raised. And I cringe because marketers that are listening, you know, take a, take the time to look at these proposals. Yes. You have great capture teams. You have great BD teams. They're not marketers. Right. And and I'm segueing a little bit, but proposals, graphic is so important to get the graphics in there. It's not all words. So that's another customer journey. They're reading these proposals. And if it's 112 pages of nothing but type, it's I not going to do. Yeah, it's a big part. and. You know, marketing should take an active role in creating the pieces of the proposal. There are lots of parts of proposals that are used over and over again. And creating that and, then and having the fonts a repository that people ah. pull from, yes. it's just driving that consistency. But I agree, that's part of the journey. And that would be one of the conversations that you'd have yep. with your team. Yep. And ask to be a, a part of the capture team, you know, when yep. they're doing the kickoffs of are we going with this proposal or not, be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you touched on how you need to have uh, the right tools. Right. And technology today is is really coming to our defense on that because it's it's awesome. You know what we see going on out there with geotargeting and geofencing and things like that. So share with us a little bit around technology and and that sales integration, you Mm -hmm. know, with the technology to help in the customer journey. Yeah. 
it um it makes a big difference. I mean, when I started out in marketing, <laughs> as you know, everything was manual, right? We used to get our leads on postcards, I think, mailed in the mail. Now, um, although I would say a lot of people today, even though they're coming electronically, it's manual. It is. There is still some manual. And that's so sad. Right, right. And I think that's, um, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. I'm lucky that I worked in the tech industry, so I know a lot about software. And so for me, looking at it from a systems perspective, when you're deciding on your marketing stack, you really have to understand how they all tie together. And the most important thing is visibility, right? How are you going to track things from beginning all the way through to advocacy and retention, as we talked about? So... I, you're right. I mean, technology really drives the journey now and tools like HubSpot and Marketo, everybody has a marketing automation platform. Maybe not everybody, but most people have access to a marketing automation platform. If not, they should seriously consider it because I would think over the next year, year and a half, their ROI on their marketing campaigns will yeah. show the benefit of having a oh, CRM yeah. tool. Yep. And they, you can go without it costing a lot of money today. That's right. That's right. And you need that holistic view and it needs to integrate with your CRM so that you can track things and you know how long a lead has been sitting without being called. I mean, it's a daily grind that you have to go through looking through the data and that can allow it to happen. I think what's more interesting now though, a lot of companies are using automation, maybe not to its full extent, but um, I talked about earlier that that people make 75% of their decision in the technology, I'm speaking strictly from my experience, before they come to your website. Nowadays, they're kind of calling that the dark funnel, and there, is, there are technologies out there that now help you with what's called buyer intent data. Ooh, these are big words that we'll add to our I know, our right? Dark, I could rattle I them off. Word, and again, the these are all funnel. long conversations, but it's interesting. People should look into buyer intent data. If you have Salesforce, which a lot of people do, it um, feeds into Salesforce. What it does is it helps you to narrow down when you're in that awareness attract, you almost can zero in on people looking at that type of information already. I'm oversimplifying, mm-hmm. but that's what it does. So not only do you want to use technology to have this core to drive the journey, but now there are these bolt-ons to try to get information early and then to see them all through the end. And then there are other technologies that help you with the advocacy. And that has to do with influencing and getting customers involved in the social stratosphere. So um, So I guess the the moral of that story is there's a lot of tools. There are a lot of tools. I think what I'm taking from that, if you'd be willing to help us, um, is to post out on our GMARC use site just kind of a listing of some of these tools, you know, Mm because it is confusing because there's some tools that do one thing, some tools that do another, some that do it all. So um, I'd love to have further discussions on that. And I think the information that you've provided now is is awesome. And the journey that you discussed, the phases, that's something else, listeners, that we'll post out to our GMARQ site. Um, and we are looking forward to having a lot more information coming from you in 2020 around the customer journey. But we need to take a break. These breaks keep coming, so we will be back. You've been listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio on the Federal News Network. Let GMARQ connect you with like-minded government marketers who share a common interest and passion for exchange of ideas and collaboration on marketing best practices by joining a communities of interest group. Are you a marketer of one? Join their sole survivor COI. Interested in health IT marketing? Join their health IT COI. They also have men in marketing and young government communicators groups. Learn more by going to gmarku.com connect. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. This is Luann Brossman, and I'm the CEO of Government Marketing University. And I must say, Steve, in my 30-plus years of doing government marketing, it's all I've ever done. This is the first time I have sat down and talked about customer experience and why marketers need to really pay attention to that because the customer journey is a piece of that and a very important piece. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that next. But we're also, Steve, I'm excited. And Martha, the next section here is really zeroing in on the customer, right? The government customer and in agencies, how are they using this? So, Steve, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, exactly right. Uh, Every government agency has its own uh, set of external stakeholders and Sometimes they do use the, the word customer, sometimes they don't. Uh, but so, uh, Martha, as you said, you've been in this, uh, in this space for, for quite a while, since 2009 at least. And so from, from your view, how is 
government applying principles of CX and how do you see that vary across across different agencies? Thanks, Steve. Um, so I think the government is um, applying the principles of CX in many, many ways. I read to you earlier sort of the definition that um, Section 280 of A11, which is a budget document, is is um, th- how they are defining federal co- customer experience. And they're really – citizens are expecting a 21st century experience from their government. They are interacting with companies in, the, in their private – lives, personal lives, where they get to, you know, go on a phone and order a vehicle to take them to the place they want to go, whether it's Uber or Lyft, or, you know, you're ordering tickets to movie theaters, or you're checking your bank account, or all of the things that we do in our daily lives, and we're using our phones or whatever device that we are at at the moment, right? Everything's in the cloud for the most part. So that's sort of the life that people are living and they expect that from government for, for the most part. So IT modernization has been a big area of focus within the, within the government over the past couple of years. And customer experience is actually driving IT modernization because you cannot change the way that your customers interact with you with legacy systems that are outdated and you can't kind of bolt on the new technology. So those two are really... Um, closely related, and that takes you down a whole different path around technology modernization fund and everything, and so all those things are tied together. But there's the president's management agenda, which actually lays out the goal of improving the way customers interact with government services. You've got the cross-agency priority goal, number four, Mm -hmm. which is on improving the customer experience with government services. You've got, as I mentioned, Section 280 of A11. That's and then uh, OMB Circular A11. A11, correct. And then you've got the GSA modernization, IT modernization centers of excellence that also have contact center modernization and customer experience as one of their centers of excellence. So in those um, pieces of the framework, there's a lot of requirements for agencies to be collecting feedback from their customers on a real-time basis They've identified the top 25 services that the government provides to the public. Agencies have had to present two versions of or two iterations of their feedback data to OMB, which is supposed to be made publicly available. However, one of the challenges is around the Paperwork Reduction Act. So many of the agencies have been collecting data that they can't make public. Um, So that will change and mature over time. And just last month in, in September, those 25 agencies actually released action plans for what their top priorities were around customer experience going forward into 2020. So agencies are really thinking a lot about it. There's probably a dozen agencies at this point that have chief customer officers at varying levels within their agency. And actually in the private sector, they are almost always in the marketing office. So, so, this is not a new concept to go to work marketing and customer experience together. A best practice is that they report to the same to the head of the agency or to the company. So sometimes they're the same level. Um, but that's another conversation about where's the best practice and how different companies are doing it. Um, and then there's also congressional support for this with a new bill that was passed last December on 21st Century Integrated Digital Experience Act which gives agencies yet another uh, set of requirements around modernizing their websites, uh, implementing electronic forms and electronic signatures. And that actually gives the responsibility for digital services to the chief information officers. So that opens up a little bit of a conflict when you have a chief customer officer and a CIO and how do they bring those two levels of responsibility together. So as you can see, I think that people are starting to report on what the service levels are so that you can it's, – it's becoming more transparent. Yeah, I think an, an interesting point to add on to that is there's, there's some real granular kind of detail in those, in, in, in those guidelines. Like the, the A11, uh, Section 280 has some specific metrics spelled out as, as uh, the PMA does. So, uh, so agencies are really uh, under the gun to, to, to produce and show some, some uh, real performance there. Um, so how can governments, uh, government agencies do a better job of leveraging customer experience 
uh, in terms of marketing their own programs. So when I was in the government and we developed a lot of programs for other agencies to use as well as for citizens to use, it's, it's sort of, it goes back to Tracy's little bit to her kind of journey map. But if you create a new program, the first thing that you, you've got to do is make people aware that the program is there, right? So if, if you're, if there's a new requirement for, or a new benefit, say, for somebody, even like healthcare.gov is a, probably a good example. How do you make people aware of the, the fact that the program is there? And then you have to look at, in, in the CX language, right? Like, who are the customers you're talking to? Are they going to be getting their information through social media based on their age group? Are they going to be getting it on a website? Are they going to actually be watching you know, the guiding light in the afternoon and getting their information on TV, right? right? So yeah. where are they going to be? Um, you kind of go where your customers yeah. are. So Student that, financial aid recipients and farmers are going to go to completely different uh, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and understanding your customer is so important because it goes to the how do you reach them to market to them or to make them aware of your services all the way to the kind of services that they may that they may want so th- so that's one important important part is understanding your customers and then using your traditional tools you've got websites social media um, we used to do paid advertising and some government agencies still do I see you know I think Medicare Medicaid actually does some gov kind of uh, commercials and then mapping the journey of that experience for your customer. And if you're, let's say you've got federal student aid and you somebody pulls down a FAFSA form and fills it out, can they do it all electronically? Can they, where do they get stuck, you know, in the form? Do they save it and have to mail it in? Does it go into an agency and where does it go into the agency? How many steps does it go through within the agency? Are you making it transparent to an agency or to your, to your recipient? Whether it's a taxpayer, a student, you know, for a student loan, uh, application for social security, disability, all those things, can you make it transparent where it is in the process? So looking through and finding out and having data associated with each step in that journey, and and a journey map from a from the perspective of this, you need to have customers involved in the journey, the journey mapping, and you also need to take into account the emotion that they feel and what the data associated with each step is so that you can see are there steps that then are pain points for customers that then you can reduce it, uh, you know, reduce the time that it takes for them to actually receive their their service. I mean, you mentioned customers like, you know, IRS's taxpayer experience, mm-hmm. uh, NIH would call it a patient experience. So it doesn't really, veterans is the veterans experience. So it's all the same thing, but it's, you do need to be, Again, knowing who your customers are so that you can talk to them in the way that they feel that they want to be talked to. Yeah. So uh, so what would be your recommendations for some of the government agencies out there? Because my impression is the, the maturity level right now across government as a whole is still pretty low. Some agencies are doing better than others, but very few of them are doing as good as we typically see in the commercial world, right? So... Uh, so, so what are some of the recommendations you would have for agencies that want to do better at their customer experience and, and, and provide better experiences uh, and want to market their programs better and, and get to, you know, obviously that translates into better mission performance. I think there's also a lot of agencies that are doing a great job in social media, mm-hmm. especially ones that make it, it uh, that, that that visually you can you can make it inter, uh, interesting, right? NASA, for example, Park Service, the the stuff that they put out and the pictures that they put out, just to again change or you know influence or impact the overall perception that the government has or the citizens have with the way government operates. And you know, Martha, I would just add to that. I think government was a little ahead of of the corporate world even there with putting things out on social media from a citizen's perspective. I think the government is ahead of, well, I think consumer companies are ahead of the government in the customer experience space. I think the government is ahead of companies that are in the government marketing space, Very for true. sure, because it's really a culture within an, a, a company that they pay attention and they have a they have a strategy and it's a priority and everybody in the company knows about it. And there's very few companies that I've run across 
since I've been out that actually have that. Have that. There are a few, but mm-hmm. but it's it's very little. But I think, you know, back to your question, Steve, about where should agencies start? They need to understand the data they have. Mm-hmm. And anywhere from how many people are using their services, then what's the experience that they're having in in using their services? If they have social media, are they responding to social media er- inquiries? Are they actually monitoring and, and understanding the, the conversations that are happening in the social media space? And then looking at where where they need to actually look at that journey, working across um, different parts of their organization, identifying the most critical journeys within their program. So it could be an application for a, a program. It could be, um, uh, let's see, applying. It could be just uh, collecting, or you know, or getting just getting information or scheduling. You know, VA scheduling an appointment could be one single journey that you need to look at. So understanding all those pieces and working with the program areas across your organization and your agency, which is huge, right? Like the government's the size is is massive. Right. So it's it's a little bit more difficult. And then understanding their satisfaction and then feeding that back in and, and continually measuring, monitoring and improving those services to be to be sure that you're actually um, continuing to increase awareness, um, making sure that people are not um, in, in social media, making sure that they're they're hearing what their what your intent is, correcting things that are wrong. All of that feeds into just that overall perception, and no. the marketing piece kind of ties it all together. Right, right. So, with just a couple minutes left, um, so I guess one follow up is uh, so as I mentioned. Different agencies are at different kind of maturity levels with with customer experience. What does this look like in the government uh, environment uh, down the road? What does kind of mature customer experience look like from a government perspective? I I think um, we're at a point now where we need to bring together the mission areas, the customer experience people, and the chief information officers. Mm -hmm. We also need to bring in HR and contracting because – when you go, if you're in the government and you need to deliver a service, you're going to need people, whether it's a contract or hire somebody. So I think bringing all those together from an inside-out looking way, from an outside-in looking from the citizen's perspective, we need to start delivering services across multiple agencies. When you need to change your name in government, you need to be able to go to one place and they can change it. Um, VA just actually you used to have to call 12 numbers in the VA to change your name or address. Now they have a single record for a veteran. You can go to one place and it promulgates across all the systems. Or if you have a major life event, a, a birth, a death, you know, you have a death in the family, you have to, you know, go to social security. If they were a federal employee, you have to go to OPM. You, you know, you may want to do IRS. I mean, there's just so many different places and it needs to be a more simple experience for the citizen. Yeah. So for, for the marketers out there, it's such a big ecosystem uh, you know, whether you're a data company or uh, analytics or, or uh, you know, uh, information storage, cloud, what, what have you, all of those play into those capabilities. So exactly. It's, it's We've been doing a lot with decoding CX. Right. I mean, you've got contact centers, mobile app development, software development, you know, cloud providers, security providers. And, and DevOps, of course. Absolutely. That's where you get that feedback. Voice of the customer, so, customer yeah. feedback tools. And I'm excited so for so many reasons, as I said before, but I think that this is a great place for around customer experience for government and industry marketers to come together. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more of that. You know, within Government Marketing University, I'm excited because we're seeing more .gov.mil, both on the federal side and on the state and local side, coming together and wanting to be a part of GMARCU uh, to learn marketing. And we can, as Marcia said, Martha said, we can learn from an industry from government because we're going to learn more about um, you know, how they're doing it and what they're doing and the chief marketing officers that are coming into government more and more and more, we can learn from them. And then vice versa, Martha shared with me recently, government is really looking for best practices coming from industry. So I'm excited moving forward what we're going to be able to do with this topic um, and really bring great information and success on both sides. But, you know, sadly, we are coming to a close. This has been one of the fastest market chats, I must say. And again, really appreciate the the insight and the learning that you've provided today, Martha and Tracy. Uh, to close, uh, why don't you each give us like a 30 to 60 second final thoughts? And I'm looking at Martha. 
So I've been thinking about this, and I've had about five different thoughts, but I think uh, my final recommendation is it's everyone's job. It's not just the chief customer officers. It's not the CIOs. It's every single person's job, whether it's how you treat your fellow employees uh, or how you treat customers, and, and every interaction that you have impacts the bottom line customer experience. And that's true for government and industry. Correct. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Tracy. Um, I think that's great. I echo what Martha said, but um, I think my tip would just be having walked people through the journey a number of times now. Um, don't give up on it. Ah, I like <laughs> it's that. It's difficult. Organizations operate in all different ways. People have different motivations for the function that they run. But when you present it this way, it seems to break down barriers because everyone sees this joint ownership of um, the customer Mm -hmm. and the experience that they're going to have. And it works. So it works. It's don't give up on it. Yeah. And I would say, too, to our listeners, I've touched base already that we are going to be doing a lot more around customer experience um, and the customer journey piece of it as we go into 2020. So we'll make sure that we provide a lot of resources as well. I think that this is a perfect place to uh, start a new communities of interest for marketers that are coming together and working on this. And it'd be great to have both government and industry marketers coming together and discuss that. So a lot more to talk about, but I'd like to really say thank you from Government Marketing University to both Tracy and Martha for taking time today. Steve, as always, it's it's great hanging out with you here in the studios. And I encourage our listeners to not only listen to this episode of Market Chat, but to go to federalnewsradio.com. And we've got, this is our 14th one. So there's 13 additional ones sitting out there that you can listen to and learn all about the great marketing world that we live in. So thank you for listening today. As I've said before, I am Luann Brossman with Government Marketing University. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our program today on the customer experience. Market Chat helps you to bring clarity to the clutter in government marketing and is brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to Market Chat, how to leverage the customer journey as a tool for government marketing. Sponsored by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.